And good evening, Hampton Roads. Welcome to another edition of Dollars in Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. I'm certified financial planner Kevin Zivna. Alongside me, as usual, CFP Allison DeBrill. Together, we come to you live every second and fourth Tuesday of the month to dialogue with you, take your calls. If you have a question or comment relating to your personal financial situation, then we'd love to hear from you. All we need is your first name, city you're calling from, and no matter what Allison and I are talking about, if it's important to you, then it's important to us. We'll get you right on air. 627-7979. That's 757 627 7979. Wealthway Financial Advisors is the proud sponsor of Dollars and Common Sense. We are an independent registered investment advisor, which means we're legally held to a fiduciary standard to put our clients' interest ahead of our own in any business dealing. And that's the way it should be when you work with a financial advisor. As the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. So by design, we can't work with everyone. We work with a relatively small group of high net worth individuals. But that's one of the reasons we feel so strongly about coming here every second and fourth Tuesday at 6 p.m. And that's to reach out and help as many people in the Hampton Roads listening area as we can achieve your measure of financial success. Because it is a core belief at Wealthway Advisors that the overwhelming majority of people in this country have the opportunity for financial security if they choose it. But it is a choice. It takes some time, it takes some effort, and it takes some knowledge. We are here to help. You got to take that first step, though. Pick up the phone, give us a call, 757 627 7979. Whether you want to talk about anything having to do with the investment markets, the economy, insurance products, life insurance, health insurance, property casualty, taxes, tax planning, tax reduction strategies, retirement planning, or retirement plans, 401ks, 403bs, TSP, and the like, mortgage options, social security claiming strategies, or estate planning, wills, and trusts. All that and more falls under the umbrella of personal finance. We are here to discuss tonight, 627-7979. Good evening, Allison. Good evening. I don't know if anybody out there needs to hear this, but 11 days, 5 hours, 50 minutes, and 40, 38, 37 seconds until Christmas. So, are you ready? No, no one needed to hear that. <laughs> no one needed to be reminded that we have. I think that's helpful. I think that's helpful because if so you're a like a little bit me of motivation, and you do all of your shopping online, you, you know you got to <laughs> factor prepared. in the shipping exactly. days. Exactly, I've got a couple shipping issues already <laughs> right. this year that are making me nervous. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll see how it works out. Well, we did want to talk about gifting tonight, not um, so much in the in the aspect of buying on Amazon, but if you want to gift financially, how might you go about doing that? And we'll also try to talk a little bit about uh, charitable giving. So this is a good time of year where I think people are thinking about some needs that they may want to support, trying to find maybe a worthy cause that's near and dear to their heart, and probably want to know the best tax saving strategy or the best efficient way to do that from a financial perspective. So we will give you some tips and hints. Yeah, at the year end, uh, this tends to be the time of giving. We certainly see it across our client base. Uh, for those uh, clients and other people who are charitably inclined, uh, now is the time that we usually see a spike in giving. Although, 
As we've been advised, charities will happily take your donations over the course of the year, uh, but this time that people usually turn their attention uh, to making their year-end gifts, and there's some ways that you can do it uh, most tax efficiently. Mm -hmm. Let's start with gifting to friends, family, non-charities. So if you are looking to just make a financial gift to a friend or loved one, the first question we usually get is, what are the tax consequences? Um, Is this person, the recipient of the gift, going to have to pay tax? Am I going to have to pay tax? How do I avoid tax? So it's a big misconception that there are tax consequences when giving a financial gift to someone. Anyone can give up to $16,000 a year to anyone. So you can give $16,000 per year to any person And there are no tax consequences to you. There are no tax consequences to the recipient. It's like it never happened. And hopefully they don't waste it all on the lottery or something. (laughs) And they put the money to uh, good use. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, each person can give $16,000 to any other person without any tax consequences whatsoever to the giver or to the receiver. And this uh, $16,000 number tends to migrate up over time a little bit uh, with inflation. Uh, It's set by uh, Congress and then administered through the IRS. Um, But typically that right now we're at 16. Over time, that will tend to increase a little bit each year. Right. And so that's a pretty generous gift. I'm sure many people would be happy to get that. Mm -hmm. But what if you're thinking you want to give a bigger gift? Maybe you're trying to help your child or grandchild purchase a home and you want to give a down payment or you're looking to help with college education or some more significant gifting. Giving more than the $16,000 annual limit to a person does not mean you are necessarily going to trigger any tax consequences for yourself or the recipient. It just means that you have to keep track of it going forward. So all of us under current tax law, which this is subject to change and it does change every so often, but under current tax law, each of us can give away $12 million, it's a little over $12 million and change, during our lifetime and at death without any tax consequences. It's not until you gift or give over $12 million during your lifetime or at your death that you would then be subject to taxation. So if you are wanting to give a gift that's bigger than the annual $16,000 limit, you just need to make sure your tax preparer is aware and there is an extra tax filing that you would have to do when you file. And with the high lifetime limit currently of $12 million, that probably you know only affects less than 1% of the population that would ever even come close to approaching that uh, limit. So for all intents and purposes, um, you can give away a heck of a lot of money without any tax implications. You do just have some recording limits, uh, recording requirements if you give more than $16,000 to an individual in any given year. Mm -hmm. And there are ways that you can get creative if you're coming up against that um, dollar limit, limit. You can, if it's for tuition or medical expenses, those two 
things can be paid directly to the provider. So you could pay for education. You can pay directly to the university for your child or grandchild or neighbor. Friend, neighbor, cousin, niece, nephew. Right. Um, Or medical bills. You could pay the service provider directly and there's no limit whatsoever and no tracking. So you're allowed to freely pay for everyone's education and medical expenses. Mm -hmm. Hopefully that that help, makes everybody feel better. <laughs> and um, another strategy is if you were, um, let's say you want to gift one of your children uh, money for a down payment for a house, like Allison was talking about. Well, husband can gift $16,000, uh, or I should say dad can give $16,000 to child. Mom can gift $16,000 to child. So that's a total of $32,000. And if you do it at the year end, then beginning January 1, you can do the same thing for another combined $32,000. So in a relatively short amount of time, that's $64,000 that you can give without any gift tax implications if you time it up right. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of flexibility, and if there's one takeaway, there are most likely not going to be tax consequences to you or to the recipient when making a cash gift. Um, But there are other ways you can make a financial gift. We can get more creative than just giving cash, although I'm sure no one would want to turn down a cash gift. But if you are really wanting to fund education for a future generation, you may consider instead of giving them cash, you may consider making a 529 contribution. So a 529 plan is a college savings account. And in Virginia, when you make a contribution to a college savings account, you, if you are the owner of that account, you can get a state tax deduction of up to $4,000 a year. So you'd get a tax deduction for the contribution that went in, and then the funds grow tax-deferred. Hopefully it's invested and it's growing over the years. And then when it comes time to use the funds for education – You do have to use them for qualified higher education expenses, which is pretty broad. It can be college, it can be trade school, it can be room and board and supplies and equipment. But if used properly, it comes out tax-free and the earnings are Mm tax-free. So it's a great way to fund education for loved ones. Yeah, so if uh, take the case of, say, grandma wants to give a gift to her granddaughter – uh, to um, fund her her granddaughter's 529 plan that is typically owned by um, mom or dad, then grandma writes the check to the 529 plan giving the gift to the granddaughter and the owner of the plan, typically mom or dad, gets a f- up to $4,000 Virginia state tax deduction. So it's almost like a double gift, right? Right. Gifting to the grandchild for education and reducing the Virginia taxable income of the child, and in fact, the adult that, child. That gift would probably be more exciting to the parent than the child, <laughs> yes, <laughs> really. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, instead of this train set, I'm right. giving you uh, um, some free room and board. <laughs> right. Eventually. <laughs> One semester at your college of your yeah, choice. Eventually, they'll, they'll appreciate it. So that's one way to be creative about gifting instead of just giving cash. 
All right, we're going to pause right here, take a quick break. Uh, Christopher, we see you on the line. Once we come back from the break, we'll, we'll bring you in. Uh, but we're going to pause right here, uh, uh, take a few uh, minutes for some commercial breaks, and we'll be right back after this. 627-7979, if you have a question or comment relating to your personal financial situation, she's Allison, I'm Kevin. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense on AM790, WNIS. Welcome back to Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. Alongside certified financial planner Allison DeBrill, I'm CFP Kevin Zivna. We're from Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, look us up online at Wealthway Advisors. Dot com. Okay, go, go out to Chesapeake right now and speak with Christopher, who's been waiting patiently on the line. Good evening, Christopher. You're on Dollars and Common Sense. Hey, yeah, you jogged a memory for me. Hey, Allison. Hey, Kevin. Um, regarding charitable contributions, well, actually, it's a mix of charitable contributions and gifts. So somewhere along the line, I read that if you happen to be gifting to a beneficiary on your estate, you need to keep track of that because somewhere along the line, those previous gifts, let's say I give a gift to my daughter uh, over time, I may give a couple of gifts to her, and when the time comes to settle the estate, that those series of gifts are considered to have come out of the estate at some point um, for crediting purpose. Now, I realize that $12 million is way up in the stratosphere mm-hmm. for most of us, but mm-hmm. is this something I should keep track of over time? Yeah, great question, Chris, because there's gifting during lifetime and then what happens with your estate at death. So first, to clear the air, if it's within, if it's under that $16,000 per year limit per person, it's not, track, it's not tracked at all. You do not have to keep track of it. It's when a gift is higher than the annual limit of 16000 that it has to be tracked and it will count towards that 12-minute 12 million lifetime cap that encompasses everything during your lifetime and at your death. That's an interesting little uh, blind spot in the tax code then. Yeah, a technicality, but you still aren't going to owe. It's not going to have any actual tax implications unless you've gifted and uh, bequeathed uh, through the inheritance, over $12 million to one person. Right, and there's more technicalities. It gets really technical with the, you know, at death. But if you're not anywhere near $12 million, then you probably don't have to worry about it. Well, hopefully I'm also nowhere near at death, but in my, right. my yeah. instructions to survivors, I want to make sure that if there's any weird little loopholes like this, I need to, to make sure they understand the instructions so they don't run afoul of the IRS. Uh, separate comment, uh, charitable, charitable contributions. I've had pretty good luck in donating stock directly to a charitable organization. Sometimes they need a little bit of coaching as to what to do when they mm-hmm. receive it. But the interesting thing is it is transfers at full value. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, excellent point. Yep. So uh, I guess 
um, getting pretty good at this charitable stuff. Yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> gifting appreciated shares of investments can be a really good strategy, especially if you happen to have an investment where you have a huge pent-up capital gain. Maybe you've owned it for yes. you know a really long time, or maybe you don't even know what your cost basis is. Which happens to a lot of people. Yes. And so I, I can actually speak to that because I've had some some shares that I invested for, you know, some future college expenses, and those things were sold that they're pure appreciation right now. And I, I kept good records, but I probably have to go back with my, you know, Excel spreadsheet and go back and tally up all the capital gains and distributions all the way back to eternity to figure yeah. out what the, uh, the basis is. Right. So if you are charitably inclined and you are going to give a gift, then you would you would want to consider gifting those shares first because that will solve your problem. And and like you said, it transfers at the fair market value. The charity can then sell it, and they don't have to pay tax on the gain. So everybody wins. Yeah, exactly. That missing yeah, yeah. cost basis problem goes away, and you get the full deduction from the value of the stock on the day that's transferred. Yeah, I may solve my bookkeeping problem by simply starting to donate those shares. <laughs> right. right, yeah, good yeah. idea. <laughs> All right, thanks for the call, Chris. All those right. were really good points. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right, 627-7979. Going to remain out in Chesapeake now and speak with Kathy. Good evening, Kathy. You're on Dollars and Common Sense. Hi, good evening, everyone. Thank you for taking my call. And I just wanted to clarify, I turned on my car when you were talking about cash gifts to children. And I have adult, an adult child who ran into some hard times, you know, laid off with covid and I ended up paying many of his just routine medical expenses. And I could have sworn, Alice, I heard you say that those payments directly to the provider could have been used as a gift, which would be a tax deduction for us. Did I hear that right? Well, kind of. Yes and no. So when, if so, you made payments directly to the medical provider on behalf of your son, Kathy? Or your yes, adult correct. child? Okay. Right, he was 23 Okay. at the time. So the good news is that if you make a payment directly to a medical care provider on behalf of someone else, it doesn't count as a gift. There are no limits and no tax consequences to you or to him. So that's really the positive. Um, but unfortunately, there's no deduction for gifting to people. You only get a deduction if you gift to a charitable organization. And typically a 501c3 properly registered charitable organization. And thank you for clarifying that because that's actually what I thought I knew and understood and you know how it is. You turn on your car and get half of the comment and (laughs) I thank you for your time. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, Kathy, thanks for the call. We appreciate that. 627-7979. Yeah, so we were talking about gifting cash, obviously, and other creative ways to help people out if you are looking to give a meaningful gift that includes, like Kathy said, making medical payments on behalf of others, making education payments on behalf of others. You can contribute to 529 plans. 
Um, I'll throw a plug out there for maybe making IRA contributions for your mm-hmm. maybe kids, grandkids. For your kids who have um, ordinary income or uh, earned income. A small job. Yep, yeah. that they that they would claim on a, on a tax return um, or had an internship. Um, all those or they start out their first job and but they don't have enough cash flow to actually make the contributions to the IRA themselves that's a great gift that you can give to your young adult children to help get them started on a path to a secure retirement and get them interested in long-term investing at the same time mm-hmm. all right we're gonna have to step away for the news Mary in Virginia Beach if you can hang on through the news break we'll be right back after these messages 627. 627- 7979. If you have a question or comment relating to your personal financial situation, give us a call on the studio line, 757-627-7979. She's Allison. I'm Kevin. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense on AM 790 WNIS. Welcome back to Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. Alongside certified financial planner Allison DeBrill, I'm CFP Kevin Zivna. We're from Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, check us out online at WealthwayAdvisors.com. Once there, you can request an information packet to find out what it's like to work with us or sign up for a free quarterly newsletter at WealthwayAdvisors.com. Just go to the contact page, put your name and address in the dialog boxes, select the appropriate drop-down menu, and we'll get that information out to you later on this week. And that's all we will use your name and address for, and that's just to send you the information that you request. Or if you have some nuanced questions, want to talk to a live human being, give us a call at the office, 757-456-2200. Want to remind everybody, our next uh, show will be in two weeks on Tuesday, December 27th at 6 p.m. as usual. But if you can't catch the show live every second and fourth Tuesday of the month at 6 p.m., or our rebroadcast on Saturday morning following the show, then you get the show as a podcast. Search for Dollars in Common Sense wherever you get your podcast. Download us, take us with you wherever you go, listen at your leisure. And for those of you into social media, we are on Facebook and LinkedIn. Search for Wealthway Financial Advisors on either of those platforms. Hit that old like button and we will be friends. All right, now uh, tonight we're talking about uh, gifting and charitable donations and how to do so as tax efficiently as appropriate get maximum bang for your buck you want to jump in on the conversation or you have any questions or comment relating to your own personal financial situation give us a call in the studio 757-627-7979 right now we just lost mary in virginia beach all right well Mary. mary sorry took too long if you're out there and you want to give us a call back jump on the phone line So far, we've been talking about gifting to people, so friends, family, colleagues. Hmm, We could do that. But I'm I am ready to receive (laughs) all the gifts that you want to give. Okay, Um, but I want to shift gears now and talk about charitable giving. This is the season you might be bombarded with requests from every charity 
known to man, and you might be deciding on which charitable donations to make. So um, that's something you want to do thoughtfully. You want to make sure that you're giving to a cause that is meaningful to you and that hopefully your donation can, can make an impact. And there are ways to vet your charity. There are great websites. There's one called GuideStar. Guide Star. That is where you can go to look up the ins and outs of your charity and make sure that it is doing what it says it's doing. Also, another option is to use a community foundation. So we have one of the largest community foundations in the world, or in the world, in the country, actually. Hampton Roads Community Foundation is a great resource to go to because they bet all of the local charities, and they really know where the need is if you're trying to target a specific need like hunger or education or or anything. Um, they can help you guide your dollars. They can be a vehicle to help get your dollars where it can make the most impact. Yeah, so if you want your money to stay local, have a, a big impact on the local community, and you want to ensure that it goes to a legitimate, hardworking a service-oriented charity, then the Hampton Roads Community Foundation is a great place to start. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about mechanics. How do you get money to a charity if you want to donate? Well, first and foremost is cash. Cash is king, I guess they say. You can give cash to a charitable organization, a 501c3, and um, in return, possibly, I say possibly, get a tax deduction because it depends on your personal tax situation. Um, You have to, for the most part, other than a very small amount that you can deduct uh, off the top of your taxes, most charitable donations are an itemized deduction. And only about 10% of people itemize at all anymore. So making regular charitable donations in cash may not give you much of a tax benefit. That's not saying don't do it. Of course, you should, if you are charitably inclined, make your donations. But that just might mean there might be a better way to go about it to also get a tax benefit. Yeah, with the increase in the standard deduction, now only about 10% of uh, taxpayers can Uh, well, itemize and deduct anything above that standard deduction. So for most people, um, their charitable donations are not going to be tax deductible. But again, that's no reason not to do it. Before, gifting in any form should first flow from the desire to want to gift, to want to give to a charity, to want to help a cause. Then secondarily, how can we find the most tax-efficient way of doing it? And even if we can't, uh, for relatively small amounts, it should be done anyway because it helps the common good. Right. So move forward with your charitable donations, absolutely. But um, consider these ideas if you want to get the biggest tax benefit. One, we already talked about this today. I think it was Chris earlier who brought it up. You can donate appreciated stock holdings or appreciated investments. So if you have a stock holding or an investment that has a significant gain in it, if you sold that investment, you would pay capital gains tax on the gain, and then you could give the cash to the charity, but you're probably not 
itemizing, I'm guessing. And so you're not going to get much of a tax benefit. Right. So you have to pay tax mm -hmm. on the gain and you don't get a tax deduction unless it's a really high contribute uh, uh, donation. So that's not very tax efficient. Um, if you had to cash in some appreciated equity stocks, mutual funds, um, and then give the cash. There is a better way. It does take some additional administration, though, and that's to gift the shares of the stock or uh, mutual fund or ETF, exchange trade fund, directly to the charity. And mechanically, um, it would move from your brokerage account over to an investment account owned by the charity. And then once there, the charity could sell that appreciate the appreciated shares of stock or mutual fund or ETF, and they would not incur any capital gains tax. And you get a full, uh, if you're eligible, you would be able to deduct the full amount of the value of the contribution on the day that stock transferred. Yeah, there are some really technical limits on charitable donations. That's probably beyond the scope of, mm -hmm. of our discussion tonight. But for the most part, um, most people can deduct their charitable donations mm -hmm. if you itemize. So consider this. If you do not itemize, but you, you do give to charity, consider bunching your donations. You could not give for a year or two, and then in year three, you give for, for three years. And so that might get you up to a critical mass where you might be able to itemize, and then you would get the tax benefit of making the charitable donation. Yeah, so bunch them up a little bit. Um, if you feel awkward about doing that, maybe it, depending if it's your church uh, or some other smaller type of uh, charitable institution. You might want to have just a conversation with the person who accepts the gifts and let them know that this is your plan and you uh, you are fully in support of the mission, but you just want to give money a little bit differently. Right, like a pledge. I mean, a yeah, lot of them there have you pledge go. Good programs. Word. Yeah, that's yeah. Like a, like a pl I will pledge certain mm -hmm. amount over a three-year period, but you're going to get it in all in one year right. of those three. Right. <laughs> Another idea is to use what's called a donor-advised fund. So a donor-advised fund is really cool because you can put the money in this fund, and when you make the deposit, that counts as your charitable donation. So you could put... Um, ideally, this works best with more significant donations, usually, you know, $50,000. 100000 yeah. 200 So you put the money in, you get the full deduction up front, so you would get to itemize, you would get to take the tax deduction, and then it it remains in the account until you give instructions to the fund to send that to your chosen charity. So the money could essentially be invested. It could be like its own investment account or it's invested for long-term growth. So your $50,000 turns into 60, 70, 80, 90, 100. And then you get a big tax deduction up front, but then you make your regular smaller periodic deductions as you wish. Yeah, so it functions like uh, a mini endowment mm -hmm. that you control and own um, and you get charitable deductions for the amount going into uh, the donor advised fund. You don't get it on the way out. You get it on the way in. But then you can give uh, charitable donations. So you give one big 
donation to the to the donor advised fund mm-hmm. so you ensure you go over the standard deduction and you get a, a significant tax break there but then you can parcel out small 100 500 1000 2000 dollar little um charitable um donations that ordinarily would not uh, move the needle on on the deductions and uh it's a way of sort of bunching them all at once in a fund that you control, and as Allison said, can be invested for growth long term. So uh, many times these can be used in perpetuity. Um, you can put your, you would be the owner, and you can put maybe your adult children on as beneficiaries. So when you pass away, then your adult children can take over ownership of the donor advised fund, and it's a family thing that can be done to help uh, highlight the benefits of giving. Yeah, I love that idea of getting the whole family involved and choosing the charities and when and how to make donations. I think that is such a cool way to incorporate philanthropy in in your family and to teach that to to kids. Another reason that that could be a good strategy is if you have a big liquidity event, if you are maybe selling a business or if you're selling a piece of real estate, rental real estate, not your personal residence because most of that gain would be sheltered, but some sort of big payday. This could help offset a large inflow with giving you a large deduction, but still allowing you to take your time with the ultimate charitable donation. Yeah, we're big fans of donor-advised funds Mm -hmm. for their um, usage and their flexibility. All right, we're going to step out, take a short break. Going to be right back after these messages. If you've got a question or comment relating to your own personal financial situation, jump on the phone lines, give us a call, 757-627-7979. She's Allison. I'm Kevin. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense on AM 790 WNIS. And welcome back to Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. Alongside certified financial planner Allison Debril, I'm CFP Kevin Zivna. We're from Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, look us up online at WealthwayAdvisors.com. Once there, you can request an information packet to find out what it's like to work with us or sign up for a free quarterly newsletter at WealthwayAdvisors.com. Go to that contact page, put in your uh, name and address, and we'll get that information out to you later on this week. And that's all we will use your name and address for just to send you the information that you request. Next show will be in two weeks on Tuesday, December 27th at 6 p.m. Or get this show as a podcast. Search for Dollars in Common Sense wherever you get your podcasts. Download us, take us with you wherever you go, and listen at your leisure. All right, tonight we're talking about uh, giving and charitable donations and tax-efficient ways of doing both. Yes, and we saved one of my favorites for last, the... Qualified Charitable Distribution. Mouthful. QCDs, how I like to say it. QCDs. If you are age 70 and a half and you have an IRA, you can make charitable donations directly from your 
IRA. So the money has to go from your IRA directly to a qualified charitable organization. 501c3. Thank you. And when done properly, the money is completely excluded from taxable income. So if if you if you take money out of an IRA yourself and you receive it into your bank account, IRA distributions are taxed as ordinary income. So this is a way to get money out of an IRA without it adding to your taxable income. And so it's essentially a deduction off the top, which is a much more valuable deduction than an itemized deduction, especially because we already said that only about 10% of people even itemize these days. Right. So if your giving was not enough to exceed the standard deduction anyway, and you are 70 and a half and owner of an IRA, then you can gift directly from the IRA to the charity. Now, for those who are now 72 and have to take their required minimum distributions, so money is going to come out of that IRA, whether you want it, need it, or not. That has to happen in every given calendar year, beginning at age 72 now. So a way of preventing that from becoming taxable income is to make charitable donations directly from your IRA in an amount at least as high as the required minimum distribution. If you do that, none of it will become taxable and you have made good donations to charity. Yes. So this makes sense in almost any case. If you are above the age of 70 70 and a half and you have an IRA and you make charitable donations, it almost, almost I say, because there are no absolutes. Always an exception. But it almost always makes sense to do this. So make the donation directly from your IRA. That's a deduction off the top of your income. And then just use the standard deduction instead of trying to itemize. That is almost always the most tax-effective way to make donations for those over age 70 and a half. Um, Now, there is a limit. So you can do up to $100,000 a year as a qualified charitable distribution from an IRA. But that doesn't. It's not usually a um, problem for many people. Right. So if you are looking at what to do with your required minimum distribution this year, there's still time. You can donate it directly to charity. It depends on your custodian what um, you have to do to accomplish this. So they may have their special requirements. You just want to make sure it doesn't go to your bank account or it's going to be taxable income. Yeah, there is some additional administration that you have to set up in advance in order for this to uh, flow smoothly and work smoothly and ensure that you do, in fact, uh, not include those uh, distributions, uh, charitable distributions, from the IRA in taxable income. In the case of our clients, uh, we have a separate checkbook uh, established for them that is linked to their IRA, and they make charitable deductions uh, directly from their IRA with that special checkbook that uh, that then they give to the charity. And we always say try to make that last uh, – 
donation to the charity by the end of November because there can be mail issues, uh, processing, and it has to the check has to clear your IRA by December 31st. So you just want to leave some additional uh, uh, lead time there, and know that in order to accomplish this type of gifting, there is some additional administration. Right. You want to make sure you let your tax preparer know. This is a problem that we have now been seeing for a couple of years where tax preparers uh, don't realize that you're doing this and it is reported differently on your tax return. So you want to make sure that you let them know which donations were made directly from an IRA versus which donations were made from your just your personal cash or other accounts. Yeah, the tax forms that are sent by the custodians, the people who hold the IRA, aren't always detailed enough to capture the amount that uh, went to the charity as opposed to went to you. And so if, 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 if it's not detailed on that tax form, then you've got to communicate that to your tax preparer or you've got to know it because otherwise then you'll end up paying tax on the, on the contributions. Mm-hmm. Right. And while we're on the, the subject of required minimum distributions, just a quick public service announcement you have until December 30th or 31st, geez, to get those out of the IRA, uh, or the penalty is hefty. The penalty is 50% of what was supposed to have come out of the IRA would be your, would go to the IRS. So don't miss your required minimum distribution if you are 72 or older, or if you have an inherited account. That's also a tricky one Right. for another day. We don't have time to tackle <laughs> right, the right. complexities yes. of that. <laughs> yeah, so check with your bank or financial advisor or start doing your homework on um, distributions, uh, required minimum distributions, because yeah, Allison's, like Allison says, it's half of uh, what should have come out if it didn't come out. Okay, we got time for one more. One, one more. Oh, okay, one more quickly. Charitable yes. giving. Yes. So another idea is a little more um, end of life planning, I guess we'll say, is if you are interested in giving an impactful gift, but maybe you don't want to do it just yet, or you're kind of unsure how things are going to play out, you could consider naming a charity as a beneficiary on your life insurance policy if you have life insurance or your account, your investment account. Um, An IRA is actually a great account to designate to go to charity if you want to do so because they won't pay tax on it. Like if you had, if you give an IRA at death to a family member, it's going to be taxable to them. But if it goes to a charity, it would be not taxed. So that's always a good idea to make a final gift as a beneficiary designation. Yeah, just as you would um, most people put their kids or their spouse on as beneficiaries on an IRA, you can also just name a legitimate charity as a recipient. um, And then at the uh, settlement of the estate, a check will be sent to the charity on your behalf. So also a great way to efficiently give uh, to charity. All right, that's all the time we have for today. We will be back in in two weeks, though, on Tuesday, December 27th at 6 p.m. as usual. In the meantime, if you'd like to learn more about us, look us up online at WealthwayAdvisors.com. For Certified Financial Planner Allison DeBrill, I'm CFP Kevin Zivna. You've been listening to Dollars and Common Sense on AM 790 WNIS. The preceding program was sponsored and paid for by Wealthway Financial Advisors. We are solely responsible for its content.